My name's Emma Cooper and you're listening to the Network Marketing Man Audio Experience. Emma Cooper, founder of Entrepreneurcity and also top business coach. So I'm sharing this with you because I get asked this question all of the time. So rewind and talk a little bit about my background. I built a really huge network marketing business, which actually really helped me in building a membership business. And I'll explain to you why. And then I created a very small membership, just a couple of hundred, a few hundred people in there while I was kind of transitioning into uh, coaching and mentoring business. And that was really successful. But then I stopped everything. I also have a had a planner business, which was crazy amazing. But I decided to go all in with a brand new concept of, in effect, what is a membership. I'm going to share with you some of the things that I had to figure out. Uh, I'm going to do it in a really down-to-earth, kind of like honest, conversational way so that hopefully like it hits home a little bit more with you. I could present this on a slideshow. I could put it into like a really way more professional format. But sometimes I just think like, just say it how it is, which is why if you're watching this on YouTube, I don't look the best. My hair is an absolutely immaculate. My makeup isn't. I'm a mum. I'm an entrepreneur and building multiple businesses. Like I'm busy. And so this for me, whether I show up looking absolutely immaculate, just isn't really important. What's most important is delivering the value to you. So talking about how to build a membership, step one, I'm going to talk you through eight steps that I think you have to kind of consider, understand before you decide whether you want to start a membership or whether it's something you want to add to your existing business model, whatever that might be. Uh, and remember, memberships can be in like there is there are so many weird and wonderful memberships that you just would never, ever think anyone could like make that into a, a membership. Some of the most successful ones that I know of, like there is a knitting membership, which is absolutely wildly profitable. Um, there are memberships for everything that you can think of. Little quirks, just Google, just go on Google and be like top 10 memberships, uh, weird memberships, and you'll find them on there and you can find out their turnover, you can find out or just like multiply the number of members by the amount it is a month and you'll be like totally and utterly wowed at what people are making based on their like passions, their interests um, and things that they're good at, things that they can help other people with. But step one in deciding whether a membership model is good for you, and I really cannot push on this enough, is to understand the membership model. Now, I'm just going to go back one more step before that, because most people don't do this exercise and it really kind of bites you in the ass <laughs> further down the line if you create a business that you don't actually enjoy. So I've got a previous podcast about... Um, your ideal day. And I would really, really encourage you to listen to that podcast and also to do that exercise to figure out what you want your ideal life to look like. And the reason I say that is because most people will build a business to give them the life that they want. If they build the wrong business, it's not going to give them that life. They're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. So you really need to think about like, what do I want my life to look like? How do I want to work? How do I want to build a business? What do I want that to entail? And then figure out from what I'm going to tell you next, whether a membership model fits in with that. So that's really, really important. So the first step one after you do that is to understand the model. Like, does 
the business model of a membership fit in with what you love to do? It might not fit in with every single thing, but you can outsource and you get people to do things that you don't maybe, you know, maybe you don't like to do, which is fine. There's loads of things you can get people to do in a membership model, which kind of frees you up to do more of the things that you love. But again, the last thing you want to do is to build a business that you don't actually enjoy doing the kind of day-to-day stuff, or maybe it's not the day-to-day stuff that you have to do. Maybe you can kind of put yourself a little bit out of it so you can do the stuff that you really enjoy. But really, it's understanding the business model and figuring out, okay, if I don't enjoy doing this part of it, can I get other people in to do those parts of it so that I do actually really love it? So some of the things to be aware of that kind of can kind of trip people up and cause them to like be frustrated in building a membership are things like retention. Most people don't know that it doesn't matter how amazing your thing is. It doesn't matter how insane the content is, how much you're delivering, how much you're giving people, how much value is in there. You are going to lose 10% or you've got to allow to lose 10% of members every single month. It doesn't matter if you offer people a million pounds to stay in there. It doesn't matter if you offer people the dream home to stay in there. It doesn't matter what you offer people. You're still going to lose 10% of people every month. Now, this can really affect people. And there are things that you can do to kind of like lessen the blow, um, which I've done because I'm only human. And if I'm working really hard on something and I'm losing like a lot of people every month, it can really affect you. But if you understand the model and you understand the figures, it's just like, well, this is just what it is. It doesn't matter what I do, how much I do, how much value I give. This is just the model. Then that's fine. Now, if you think about that, if you're going to lose 10%, now in entrepreneurity, we sit around 93 to 95% retention rates, which is amazing. Um, I do not cancel people's memberships off. I do not receive the emails to can- for people cancelling. All I know at the end of a month is the retention figures. We're sitting at 93%, we're sitting at 95%, whatever it is. Because that to me is like the positive, like, yes, we're in, we're in you know, we're above that 90%, which is normal. This is amazing. If it dropped down below that, I would start definitely, I mean, we always ask questions to the people who are leaving the membership, finding out why, um, so that we can have that as constructive feedback and look to see if we can improve, of course. However, if you don't, like, if you're like me, and I'm like, I don't want to focus on that. And remember, the higher your figures, the higher the drop off. So if you've got 100 people in your membership, that would be 10 a month. If you've got a thousand people, that's a hundred people. If you've got two thousand people, that's two hundred people. And if you've got one payment date, for example, and you're going towards like I don't know the fifteenth of the month, and all of a sudden two hundred emails come in saying I want to cancel, I want to cancel, I want to cancel, I want to cancel. This can really affect your mind and be like, oh my god, I'm doing everything wrong. This is not going to work. I need to just end this. This is going to all fall to bits. But if you understand the membership model and you understand no matter what you do, those figures are those figures, then that's cool. Now, again, you can put things in place like maybe you have a team that answers emails or a team that specifically deals with cancellations, specifically like removes people from a Facebook group or your membership site, whatever that is, then that can kind of diminish that whole, oh. Oh my God, why is this happening? And the fact is you're not doing anything wrong. That's just how a membership model kind of works. Uh, Step two is the concept. So 
something to think about when you are thinking about a membership is what problem do you want to solve? Like what service do you want to provide people with inside your membership? What are they going to get? How are they going to get it? What value are you going to deliver in there that makes people say like, I want to be part of this membership? That is something that you've got to think about and you've got to be really specific with. So you've got to be able to tell people this is what you're going to get when you come in. Now, it might be that you want to do have like a real strict um, kind of schedule on every Monday we do this, every Wednesday we do this, every month you get this, every quarter you get this, annually you get this. So thinking about and mapping out the concept of your membership. And then, because this is going to be really important when you come to market it, because like who you're going to be marketing to and how you say it is going to be really important. You can make something amazing sound really shit if you don't have like the right kind of word in the right hooks, the right marketing messages behind it. And you could be really underselling something totally, totally amazing. So it's writing out the concept, first of all, figuring out what problems do you solve? And then step three is who are your target audience? Who who is it that's going to be joining your membership? Who do you need to get in front of to hear about your membership to realize like I've got to be part of that? What kind of person do you want in your membership? What sort of background do you want them to have? What industry are they in? What interests do they have? What hobbies do they have? Thinking about all these things because that is just going to make your marketing message like really specific. Now I'm not saying you have to be like overly niche. Um, For example, inside of entrepreneurity, we don't just like go for females. We don't just go for people who have a certain size business. We don't have people who are in a certain industry because we have... Uh, coaching in there and different curriculums courses for people who are coaches for people who or want to become coaches people who are network marketers people who build product businesses people who build e-commerce businesses like we have a whole curriculum how to build an amazon business step by step how to build an etsy business how to do sales funnels how to do facebook ads how to do copywriting like it's all in there so we don't have like one specific kind of person but we do have We do have the fact that everybody like is wanting to start a business or has started a business. You want to grow and scale it. So when I say like think about your target audience, think about the people who will find your concept really, really helpful and they'll get great, great value from that. One thing I think you should think about at the beginning is what is the end game? A lot of people start businesses and they're just like, yeah, I want to do this now. And then in three months time, six months time, 12 months time, they're like, oh my God, I really don't enjoy it. Or I really need to change or I really need to do this. So what is really important is figuring out like, what is your end game with it? What do you want to do? Do you want to sell it? Do you want to keep this running? Do you want to put other people in and phase yourself out? Like, what is the end game? This is very difficult, I think, to think about in the beginning because you're like, oh my God, but I really love it and I really enjoy it and I really want to do it. Likewise, if you are starting a business in a partnership, I would mass- I started Entrepreneurcity as a co-founder and within, I don't know what it was, like under six months, then I 
I'm like it's just myself and my husband who are the the directors in there and and this is something to definitely consider when you're going in partnership with others we're lucky ours was all fine like it ended well but just for other people like it is good to think about before you begin and you can't imagine it in the beginning because you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're so excited. This is going to be brilliant. But you have to go there. You have to troubleshoot everything. I thought I'd troubleshot everything, but there were things in my head and I thought, what if this happens? Or what if this happens? Like, what if someone dies? What if someone doesn't want to do it anymore? What if someone wants to change in direction? What if you differ in the direction you want to take your business? If you're going into partnership with somebody, I would highly, highly recommend that you have just this like really open conversation, but it is so thorough, it almost seems absolutely ridiculous. Like think about when you want to take holidays, think about the roles and responsibility that each of you has. And what is the kind of like, if one of you isn't fulfilling that, what happens? What do you guys do? Do you bring someone to task? Do you do they not get paid as much? What is the percentages you're all getting paid? And what are you getting paid for? So thinking about all those things through right at the beginning, I just think would be really, really helpful. Nobody wants drama or crap in their life, do they? So thinking those things out right at the beginning when everything is good is great. And thinking about that end game. Like, is this something I want to do forever? Is this something I want to do for a certain amount of time? Is it, do I want to build this to sell it? At which point I really recommend the book Build to Sell. It's like a really cool book. Um, you can just get it on Amazon. But those are the kind of things that I would be thinking about. Let's go to step five. How will you continue to grow your audience? So most people get started in businesses and one of the things that they forget to do or they kind of lack is the thought process of how am I going to market this? How am I? And by the way, marketing your business and continuing to build your audience are actually two different things. They can overlap in the strategies, of course, but they are two different things. So how will you continue to grow your audience? What is going to be the strategy that you need in place to do that? And is that something you enjoy? Is that something you could automate? Is that something that you can get somebody else to do for you? Just thinking about those things up front are going to be really important. So how will you continue to grow your audience? Map it out, stick an A3 pad on the floor, brainstorm it. What do you need to do? Do you need to be showing up on socials? Do you need to be using one channel where you find all of your ideal clients. So for example, let's say you're a LinkedIn trainer and you want to start a LinkedIn membership. I would imagine that, I mean, a lot of the people that you can attract definitely initially are going to be on LinkedIn. You need to have a strong LinkedIn strategy, right? Going forward continuously to grow your audience. But also you're going to find people like on Facebook, on Instagram that like want to learn about LinkedIn or don't even know what LinkedIn can offer them in their business. Um, and and the, those are going to be other strategies. But thinking about the strategies of you being able to grow your audience and where you want to grow it, those are going to be important at the beginning. And I just think, think it all through first so that you know exactly what's coming up, what your day-to-day -day is going to look like. Number six is what's the purpose? What's the mission? And I think this is really important because sometimes you can just go into business and you just take it step by step by step and it can get flipping boring if you don't have a mission or like a bigger vision to go 
forward with or you don't have like a big purpose of it otherwise the purpose is like I'm just making money every month like what's the bigger purpose what's the mission what do you want to do what lights your soul on fire like what really gives you the drive and motivation to keep going when that 10% are cancelling every month what's going to keep you going what's going to keep you showing up fired up or you know getting other people to show up and be really enthusiastic about what it is that you're building because having a purpose and a mission behind something is like sticking rocket fuel in the engine I mean, really is the difference between something kind of catapults. I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to go fast, but it does mean that the mission and the purpose, like when you're getting that back, it's really rewarding and it's going to keep you motivated, keep you with that end vision in sight. So what do you want to do? Do you want to help a certain number of people? Do you want to become the biggest and the best in your arena? Like thinking about that, like what do you want to do? Number seven is to do the research. Most people at this point go, oh, somebody else has already got a knitting membership. <gasps> somebody else is already helping people do this, this or this. Oh, loads of people are already doing this. See, I don't see it like that. I see this as validating your idea. So if somebody else is already doing it, there's already an audience out there. There are so many people in this world. If there was only ever one business for one thing, most of us in business would be absolutely screwed. But the great thing is, is that anybody can build a business in any arena, even if it already exists. You can make things a little bit better. You can tweak it. You can, you know, go for your mission and purpose, which is maybe different and shout about that. So if you're doing the research and you're like, oh, loads of these already exist already, just make sure you've got the mindset of this is validating my offer. This is validating my idea. Like this already exists. This is already successful. It wouldn't continue to go on if it wasn't successful. So this just validates the fact that there are people out there looking for what it is that I'm offering, what it is that I'm doing. Don't let it be a negative for you. And number eight is price point. Thinking about when you're doing your research, have a look at like what your potential competition is have a look at the price point and then figure out what you're going to have to do to maintain this membership. Thinking about customer service, thinking about engagement inside your group, thinking about the onboarding. I mean, everyone is different. You might have a simple onboarding, which is an email, get in, get started, get cracking. You might have to do Zoom calls. You might have to do one-to-one -one, like onboarding. It completely depends uh, in what your um, membership model looks like. However, what I would encourage you to do is to have a look at what it is that you've got to do, the tasks that have got to be done, and then look at the price point and make sure the business is viable. Because it might be that you say, oh, I'll charge this much a month, let's say like $10, $10, £10, 10 euros, whatever, a month. And you're like, yeah, because I'm going to be able to get loads of people in. Um, that might be the case. It might not be the case. It depends what you're teaching and what the value is and whether, I mean, sometimes your price points can be too low and people think, well, there's no point in me doing that because I'm way higher level than that. And actually the value in there is amazing for people who are looking for that higher level, but your price point is wrong to attract those people. Like if I was joining something, um, and it was 10 a month, I think it was maybe too low a level for me. And I would just base that decision off of a price point, which is crazy, I know, because I have a low ticket um, membership, but still the value is absolutely insane for really kind of high level performers. So thinking about your price point 
is it a viable business with the work that you have to do? And maybe you want, you'll want to outsource different bits at different times. Thinking about that right at the beginning is going to really help you. It'll help you set your price point. It'll help you set like where you sit in the market and it'll really help you with your marketing messages. So I think that something that's important too is that if this is like the first business or if this is the one business that you're going to be focusing on growing, then thinking about do you want to expand on that business and thinking about it straight away, like in the beginning when you're developing the membership business. So most memberships will work on upsells. Um, ours doesn't in entrepreneurity. One of the big things in there is that like we don't upsell. Everything that you see like is there for you to, to uh, kind of access, right? There's no upsells. It's not like learn this much and then pay to learn extra. But we had to get our heads around this because we had to figure out where the money was obviously going to come from to make this business viable with it being a low ticket offer. You have to do a lot of audience building. You have to do, um, you know, putting yourself out there a lot. Maybe you want to do Facebook ads. Maybe you want to look at paid advertising. So you have to make sure kind of from the beginning that it's viable. Now, as I said, a lot of memberships will work on upsells. And this is an absolutely fine model to use, but it wasn't our model. So what we had to come up with is, okay, how are we going to figure out, figure this out? Like we're doing no upsells inside of our membership, like entrepreneurship. So how are we going to do this? But also knowing that some things that we are going to launch further down the line is is going to be really attractive to our current students. And so we can't like say, oh no, this is not for you. Um, but everything that you see, like every curriculum, every course, everything is in there step by step. You don't have to pay to unlock more. So how I get it right in my head, which sounds, I like, it sounds a bit like a brothel. It's not. Uh, but saying that uh, education is free, services are extra. So education is free. So the step-by-steps, the courses, the how-tos in your own time, that is all, and I say free, it's included in the monthly membership. Services are extra. So anything kind of done for you, any of our experts who have like a call to action for maybe um, use their service or buy their product, like that's, that's different because that's a service, but education is free. So that's how we kind of got our heads around it. We're like, okay, there's a strict line here and when we're not going to cross it, we're not going to do any upsells and this is how we did it. Um, and I know that our entrepreneurship model like isn't a popular model because people do want to upsell. We have um, other strands and dimensions of the business that are going to come into play, which service people who want different to like a membership style community. Um, and we've got those things coming, but everything I always check with education is free, services are extra. If it's a different stream, a different dimension to the business that isn't included in that membership, like you could start anything, right, alongside a membership. Um, you could do group programs, you could do one-to-ones, you could do whatever. Uh, as long as in the membership, like it's clear and people know what they're getting, they know what's included, they know what's not included, then that's the most important thing is to like go with integrity, uh, always the same ethos, uh, and our ethos was like making it affordable and accessible. 
So I hope that's helped you think about, you know, a membership. They are amazing. I, I mean, I'm obviously a fan, but I love building community, which is why I said at the beginning, you know, even though I started my uh, business, my first business was in the network marketing industry. What that taught me was how to build teams of people, how to build communities online, how to encourage, motivate, inspire people on an, in an online environment, which is where most memberships lie now. Um, it also allowed me to really get good at retention because the one massive thing about network marketing is reta retention. Like if you can if you can master retention, then my God, you will have amazing business in network marketing, but also in the membership space as well. Retention is absolutely key. I have a retention plan. That's why we sit at 93 to 95% retention. Um, so that's really important to master. But you can use skills from anything that you've already done. If you were a team leader in a call center, if you were, I don't know, a guy, like a scout leader, if you were a girl guide kind of leader, whatever, um, you can use the skills to put into a membership model because you don't realize how much on building community really memberships are about. They really are about community. They really are about the personality behind them. Um, and I guess your your intention, like what your mission and your purpose is. So if it's something that excites you, if it's something that kind of really lights you up, then absolutely go for it. Feel free to comment below or to jump on my socials and ask any questions about memberships. You're more than welcome to do that and I will be happy to answer. This podcast was sponsored by My Pro Planner, the number one planner for network marketers.